This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello guys, it's Emma. Today I'm back with another video. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Candace Lim, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And today I'm joined by a whole new guest host, Candace Lim. She's a producer over at NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, and I am so excited she's here with me today. Candace, hello. Welcome. Hello, Rachel. It's really, really good to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm really so excited for what we're talking about today. But before we get into today's show, I have to ask you the most important question in the ICYMI universe. And before I ask, I do have to let you know that my producers, Daisy Rosario and Daniel Schrader, have had a discussion and think we should maybe retire this question. So this might be the last time it's ever asked on air. So no pressure is what I'm saying. Um, So was Jesus Christ, Jay Christ, as I've I've heard you refer to him, um, was he canonically hot? Mm, J. Cole Christ, yes. Um, (laughs) So... My answer is yes, but I do want to note that I have actually asked this question before myself. When I was 12, I went to church and I asked my pastor after service, hey, dude, will we get abs in heaven like Jesus? And he said no. And I said, excuse me? I come to Friday Bible study. I come here every Sunday. I put in the work and you're telling me I'm not going to get face tuned in heaven so guess what? I left. I left. I don't go anymore. We don't talk about it. Uh-uh. Was that what you were expecting, Rachel? <laughs> I have so many thoughts right now. I have so many thoughts. Because, like, your pastor's not wrong. Like, when you look at the description of what an angel looks like, it's fucking terrifying. They have, like, yeah. 12 eyes and, like, seven uh-huh. wings. Like, it's uh-huh. really weird. But also, it is fucked up <laughs> that you put in all this work and we don't, you don't even get to be hot in heaven. Like, what's the point? Yes. Um, well, I mean, speaking of Jesus, which is just a phrase I never thought I would say so often, but speaking of Jesus, we're going to talk today about someone that you described as the Jesus of the fashion girlies right now. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my internet culture blind spots. I am blind to this very specific Jesus who is Emma Chamberlain. So Candace, how did you get into, you know, the gospel of Emma? 
Well, Rachel, get ready to open your third eye because (laughs) I am here to talk to you about Emma, Emma Chamberlain. She came into my life during the pandemic around September 2020. I was doing that thing where you like open your YouTube page and one of the recommended videos was called, all caps, recovering from a meltdown, LOL. So basically, I had a mental breakdown yesterday. Let's just keep it plain and simple. The reasoning for my mental breakdown was basically, I just have really, really bad anxiety. Sometimes I go through phases where it's just like really, really bad. It affects me. And at first, I was like, oh my God, why is there a white girl crying on my YouTube page? But then the algorithm, it got me. I watched more vlogs. I got more sucked in. And then I was obsessed. And I think what really appealed to me at first is that Emma is kind of just this random girl who's like farting on camera but making it fashion. She's talking about her IBS. She's doing like fast food french fry hauls. And out of nowhere, she's going to Paris Fashion Week. She's the face of PacSun. She now has a coffee company that raised like $7 million in funding. This girl, she is everywhere. Okay, that really does kind of comport with what I know of Emma Chamberlain, which is that I feel like she went from being a vlogger that I knew of, that a lot of people, that was their it girly. And then suddenly she's doing Architectural Digest home tours and is on the Met Gala red carpet. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. My girl Zoella never reached these heights. So Mm. what is going on here? What is going on here, Candace? Tell me. Look, Zoella on the Met Gala? Can you imagine? Deceased. Um, (laughs) And it's funny because Emma, who I would argue gained most of her foundational fandom from her weekly vlogs, she like barely posts anymore on YouTube. And now she's kind of more of just a podcaster, influencer, fashion type of figure. But I got to say, Emma is probably one of the most successful YouTube to fashion girlies right now. I mean, she is what YouTubers and influencers want. She is what they consider to be the dream goal or the dream job. And I think a lot of her like micro steps towards that really remind me of Kim Kardashian and how she tried so hard to get accepted into the fashion world. Or Casey Neistat, who was just like this janky filmmaker. Now he's this huge entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have we have Kim, we have Casey, and we have Emma. What a mm. fascinating lineage to be a part of. The Trinity. <gasps> That's the holy trinity right there. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to learn about these micro steps. I'm so excited to learn what Emma has in common with Kim Kardashian and Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to learn what makes this holy trinity the holy trinity. And we'll be doing all of that, breaking down her appearance at the Met Gala, her journey to become Lancome's youngest global ambassador, her Architectural Digest home tour, and also what exactly her appeal is. All of that after a short break. being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together and we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. And I'm back with Candice Lim and Emma Chamberlain, except Emma's not in the room right now. She's just with us in spirit as a member of the Holy Trinity, as we've said before. Um, anyway, <laughs> Candice, you've mentioned to me that you think that there are five discrete phases of the Emma arc, which... I think is one of the best ways I've heard anyone describe an influencer's career. So I I need to know what these phases are. So tell me from the beginning, who who is this girl? Who is Emma Francis Chamberlain? We are going to start with OG Emma. So I'm going to take you back to 2017. Emma Chamberlain is just some girl in high school. She is from a town in Northern California called San Bruno, and her life is very regular degular. You know, she's a Mm. cheerleader. She does homework. She's normal. And she starts posting these videos that are kind of like clickbait dares or challenges. She goes on coffee runs, and it sounds dumb, but I gotta admit, some of it's actually pretty funny. Hey guys, it's Emma. Today I'm going to be doing a thrift haul. So I went thrift shopping today. There was so much good stuff in the prices. So she sounds like your pretty average, pretty white girl vlogger. Like she definitely has a personality. I understand why people like her based on the clips that I've seen of her, but regular, Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. saying. Exactly. Very personality forward, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I also want to remind people that Think about this era. This is Smosh. This is Lily Singh as Superwoman. This is Try Guys pre-infidelity. Oh, my God. You took me. You were Smosh? Mm -hmm. Smosh? Smosh. Anthony Padilla. Um, (laughs) I haven't heard that name in 27 years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And look, Emma's kind of entering this scene as quirky, weird, relatable girl. But, you know, at some point she decides to leave high school and try YouTube full time. And during this time, she posts one of her most watched videos to date. It is a collab with fellow YouTubers, the Dolan Twins and James Charles pre-disgrace on a road trip. Maybe if you put the like, heater on in the car, like hot enough, you'll sweat it all out so you don't have to pee. Literally had to pee. <laughs> Literally never had to be as bad in my entire fucking life. at McDonald's. Is that open? Well, this road trip is going great. We're going to find another place to pee. Oh my God. 
And by the way, Rachel, uh, Emma was allegedly dating one of the Dolan twins, Ethan, around this time. Wait. Okay, I love it. A little behind-the-scenes drama. Mm-hmm. I see you with the tea. Mm-hmm. Also alleged she was a minor at the time. Oh. He was not. Oh, okay. You know, alleged. 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 <laughs> okay, so what happens next that's not alleged? So we move into the next phase. I like to call it L.A. Emma. So Emma moves to L.A., Los Angeles, and she mm-hmm. posts the same video as before. Not much has really changed. But she's starting to sink her toes into the full-time influencer world. So, for example, she gets the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. Okay, that's a pretty big deal for a blogger. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like she's definitely crossing over into the fashion world at this point, which you, you I mean, you said she's a Jesus Christ of fashion girly. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I do need to know, what is her fashion sense like? It's a lot of really kishy, crocheted vests, half-thigh denim shorts with frayed edges. It's it's giving quirky girl. Mm-hmm. No, I see it. I see it. You know that brand Cider mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. everywhere right now and is mm-hmm. definitely just like a she in light and has questionable business practices? Exactly. I'm getting Cider chic. <laughs> exactly. And I maybe throw in like she's a little bit of Leandra Medine Cohen, Rip Man Repeller or not because they were racist. Anyway, <laughs> some time passes and Emma is settling into LA life. Then the pandemic happens. That's where I come in. Do you remember that mental breakdown video we talked about up top? It was posted in September of 2020. And there's a few things that I noticed off the bat. One, Emma has now moved into this like beautiful, huge $4 million glass house in West Hollywood. And she lives alone, but she basically just posts TikToks and crying selfies and her cats all day. Okay, on one level, I'm like... TikToks, crying selfies, cat videos, relatable content. On mm-hmm. the other hand, $4 million? Mm-hmm. $4 million home? How is she? Is this all just from her YouTube channel at this point? Pretty much. And maybe something that helps is that in 2019, she also became an ambassador for Louis Vuitton, you know, big LV designer. And we'll get to that. But basically, she is just flush with cash and... Around this time, Emma's vlogs are starting to look different as well. She used to edit her own videos, but now she has hired an editor, and his name Mm. is Anderson Webb. A man with two last names. I know, two red flags. Fascinating. And (laughs) he transforms her vlogs into these really like fast-cut dynamic shots, and they're just her making an iced latte or feeding her cats or, like, responding to emails. And then she also had, like, a drumming phase. But there's sound effects. There's visual effects. There's buttons. And if you've ever seen, like, a Day in the Life TikTok, this was probably the precursor. Mm, good morning. And altogether... I remember watching this and just kind of getting this feeling of like self-awareness or self-deprecation. And it just really worked on me because these vlogs are engaging. They're fun to watch. And also, who does not love watching rich people be rich? I mean, my reality television addiction is nodding in heavy agreement. I love I love a rich bitch. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. And look, there are Netflix scripted shows 
with less personality than Emma's vlogs, but I actually kind of want to bring up another YouTuber who has also kind of transformed this space, and his name is Casey Neistat. Uh, Casey. He's one of the first YouTubers I think I ever really watched or recognized as somebody whose career was YouTuber. But I think one of his most well-known videos that goes viral still consistently every few years was one when he was biking around New York City and he was biking exclusively in the bike lanes to demonstrate how many obstacles were impeding the bike lane. So I got a ticket for not riding in the bike lane, but often there are obstructions that keep you from properly riding in the bike lane. We love a stunt. (laughs) And we did because he was very popular in like the 2013 YouTube era. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up that video because it's an example of how Casey really just changed the vlogging world almost effortlessly. All of this daily vlogging, it worked because Casey got really big. People followed him. They invested their time and their money into him. And he started working with Carly Kloss, the model, and Samsung. And just landing these huge deals that I think took him to another stratosphere of YouTube celebrity that went beyond the internet. And Emma's story is very similar. You know, she kind of started this whole new wave of vlogging too. And I think content creators, specifically like fashion influencers under 30, they are mimicking it. They're doing it. They're trying to get that type of magic. And with Casey, you know, he's this case study of like how to grab people's attention by vlogging your boring life. Well, I think Emma's doing the same thing. And now this is where Casey and Emma converge. Oh, I'm sensing we're entering a new phase right now. What what phase are we going to? This chapter is called Entrepreneur Emma. So ever since Emma posted videos, she's always talked about being obsessed with coffee and just like drinking a lot of coffee. So in mm-hmm. 2020, she started her own coffee company. What's the name of this coffee company called? So it's called Chamberlain Coffee. You know, straight to the point. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know it's basic, but like, Rachel, get ready to be wowed because apparently this past year, her coffee company raised $7 million in Series A funding. I'm talking venture-backed funding, actual startup cash. Okay, I'm listening to Be Crashed. Mm -hmm. I previously mentioned I am obsessed with Theranos as a concept. Mm -hmm. So between those two things, in the last year, I finally learned what venture capital is. So I can confidently (laughs) say... Wow. I know. I oh my know. God. I That's know. Series A? Series A. Lizzie Holmes is listening to this in jail, quaking in her boots. <laughs> She's I'm emailing Lizzie Emma. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wild, right? This is all so wild because Chamberlain Coffee, personally, is not too wildly disruptive in the space. Like, it's literally mm. just coffee beans in these really bright, casual, laid-back packages that you could probably find at Erewhon. And their target audience is Gen Z coffee drinkers, which is a lot of people, I would say. I mean, it's a whole generation. I also just found out what Erewhon is, and I have a lot of questions. The primary mm-hmm. one is, why Why does it exist? I mean, look, and Emma would look at you and say, why not? Because <laughs> with the $7 million... Emma is a straight-up entrepreneur now, and she's on Forbes. And, I mean, can you think of any other celebrities from the internet who have become full-on girl boss mode? I mean, 
A few. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. speaking of Forbes, Kylie, obviously, you know, the first self-made billionaire. Allegedly. A distinct, a, a, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> but there's also Jackie Ina. Probably mm-hmm. the most well-known, I would say, is Huda of Huda Beauty, who yes. started as an influencer, which I think most people forget because of how big Huda Beauty has become. It's a popular pivot from, from influencer to entrepreneur. Yeah. There's real money being put behind these creators, these YouTubers, like these people who are just randomly successful. And it happens so quickly because I just want to remind everyone when Emma closes that round of funding, she has only been a YouTuber for like five years. Oh, my God. It's wild. It's crazy. Emma is now hitting this entrepreneurial pillar of validation. And all that means is that this is a real company that she could fall back on if she ever decided to leave her first career, YouTube, on the back burner. So what is happening with that first career while she's off in VC land? Because at this point in the timeline, she's still primarily known for more than coffee, Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is where we enter phase four. I like to call it fashion girly Emma. While Emma is building up her coffee brand, she is landing more ad campaigns, niche magazine covers in the Netherlands, and <laughs> these brand deals with like mall institutions like PacSun or Levi's. PacSun is still around. I mean, look, if PacSun was dead, Emma brought it back to life because <laughs> in September 2021... Emma gets probably the biggest stamp of approval from the fashion world, and that's an invite to the Met Gala. Okay, yes. This is where I actually start knowing what's happening because Mm -hmm. she's on the red carpet at the Met Gala, right? There's this video of her talking to Jack Harlow that I see pretty regularly. You know what's up. I don't have to explain it to you. Well, I'll see you in there. Can't wait. Love you. Bye. Love you. This is a very popular clip. She went on Jimmy Fallon to talk about it. This is from the 2022 Met Gala. You are hearing Jack Harlow, rapper, awkwardly flirt with Emma. Alleged alleged rapper. um, Awkwardly flirt with Emma. And when he says goodbye, she basically curves him and makes this really funny face. It's a very hilarious clip. And Emma's been invited not once but twice to the Met Gala as a red carpet correspondent for Vogue. Like, repping the brand, there are videos of her bantering with, I would say, a younger subset of celebrities. So there's Jack, there's Gigi Hadid, there's Billie Eilish. Um, One quick note, I mean, when Emma first attended the Met Gala, Instagram was a sponsor that year. So it wasn't wild to see influencers on the carpet back then. Yeah, this was around when somebody went viral. Was it James Charles? We're mentioning him a lot this year. This was around the time where he was like, influencers are in fact an oppressed class and it's time that they get involved. It's time they get invited to the Met Gala. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his disgraced era. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, people were a little skepty because other influencers like Addison Rae, like Dixie D'Amelio, they were listed on this, like, leaked seating chart. And so people were angry. (laughs) People were up in arms about them. And yet, no one really bat an eye at Emma. People were, like, defending her. And I think part of it's because she had been a Louis Vuitton brand ambassador. She's been on all these covers. She is not nobody. She is starting to become a fashion somebody. 
It makes sense to me that she escaped that backlash because my only knowledge of Emma before this was that Jack Harlow interview and the fact that a lot of my coolest friends, people who are like intensely skeptical of a lot of influencers, especially white women influencers, love Emma. Like bring her up in conversation with me because they know I talk about the internet all day and they're like, do you know Emma Chamberlain? And I'm like, no, but you like Emma Chamberlain? Yeah, I mean, look, people love Emma. And this is kind of a good place where I want to bring up another internet figure who found their way into the fashion world. And her name is Kim Kardashian. Who? You know, Kylie Kylie Jenner's sister. Mm, Northwest mother. Uh-huh. I think I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So Kim Kardashian has a very interesting history with the Met Gala. Basically, for the longest time, there were these rumors that Anna Wintour you know, editor-in-chief of American Vogue, uh, basically mm-hmm. the original girl boss gatekeep gaslight of the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. There were rumors yes. that Anna did not want Kim there. But oh. in 2013, Kim officially gets the invite, but as Connie West plus one. Um, she was pregnant with Lord Northwest at the time, and Kim later wrote on Twitter that no one wanted her there. It is funny in hindsight thinking about how long it took for that family to receive actual legitimacy from gatekeepers because now they're just everywhere and they are very much considered legitimate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like the entire Kardashian clan is pretty much expected to show up at every Met Gala, no questions asked. And I think it's because Kim fought her way in these little mini micro steps to be validated by the fashion world, to get Vogue covers, to start a fashion brand, Skims. And I really think she found a way to cross over from reality trash to Balenciaga Barbie. I mean, not anymore on that last thing. Right, 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 right. She has indeed (laughs) moved on from that era. And I kind of argue that this is the part where Emma is moving on to her next phase, you know? Just kind of keeping things in check. Emma is an entrepreneur. She's a fashion darling. She has moved away from her first career as a YouTuber. And I would say the next big moment in the timeline of Emma Chamberlain is getting featured in Architectural Digest. But we'll get to that. Yes, we will. After a short break, I'll be back with Candace and we're going to dive into the final phase of the Emma arc and the controversies that have emerged since Emma stepped on the scene. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. 
but there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Hi, y'all. If this is your first time listening to ICYMI, then welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, that's the name of the show. And also, we come out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You are currently listening to the Saturday episode. On Wednesday, we talked about what I've been describing as the Black emo renaissance, otherwise known as when the wider world became aware of Black people listening to pop punk. You don't want to miss it. And we're back with an Architectural Digest home tour, something that has somehow never come up on the show despite how many of them I watch. And this is, again, a place where I I start getting involved in the Emma arc. I apparently know more about her than I thought because I remember this going viral back in 2022 because people, people being me, were so surprised that she had good taste. Hi, AD. I'm Emma Chamberlain, and welcome to my house. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Please come in. This video made the Twitter girls go crazy. Now, Rachel, tell me your honest opinion. What did you think of her house? (laughs) It just feels like a home rather than a house. Like, sometimes I'll watch these AD videos, and I'm like, no one lives here. Like, you're Mm -hmm, selling this mm -hmm. house to me. This is all staged. Mm -hmm. But Emma's home felt, like, approachable. And by approachable, I mean, I could live there in my wildest dreams. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is not the glass house we were talking about earlier. She Mm, sold that. This is a new house uh, that Emma remodeled. Yeah, and she remodeled it. It's up in the hills of Beverly. It's very secluded. And I personally would probably rank this 80 video up there with like Kendall Jenner's or Dakota Johnson's. Those are like my favorite three. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all three of them have something in common other than colored cabinets in the kitchen, which is (laughs) they're just very quirky. They're very specific. Like you could not sell this house to just anyone. It needs to go to Mm -hmm. someone with very specific taste. But let's focus on that word taste. I mean, Emma's got it. I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Emma's got taste. And as we know, you can't buy it. So she Mm -hmm. was born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. It was. It was Maybelline, not sponsored. And <laughs> I I just really feel like this AD video was a hallmark for a few reasons. One, it's mainstream celeb validation. You know, every big celeb who wants to show off their mansion or their marriage, shout out Lily Allen, David Harbour, <laughs> they are opening their homes to prove that they have, like, personality or that they read Hanya Yanagahari or, like, they, they read books or that they have really expensive couches and Emma succeeded, I would argue, in all three of these categories. Now, I just feel like she has officially crossed over into another stream of fame, another celebrity universe. Mm-hmm. First, I would say that liking a little life is the opposite of taste. I'm putting mm, that on the record. Say that, Noah Centineo. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand we, it's like going from like the CW to HBO. You know, it's yes. like going from Riverdale to like The Last of Us. Yeah. Yes, and Emma has been HBO, and now she's kind of just running with a new crowd, you know, a crowd with capital T taste, and I would kind of put, like, Kaya Gerber and Hailey Bieber Mm. and Kendall Jenner in this group. By the way, Kendall Jenner did do Pilates with Emma, like, a month ago. 
Oh my God. The girls are really in love with Pilates right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the big difference, however, between Emma and these girls I'm mentioning and her peers, essentially, is that Emma has a personality. Which is as rare as me liking an AD home tour mm-hmm. because, like, Haley and Kendall are famous, like, capital F famous, but in the nicest way possible. They are blander than a piece of untoasted white bread. And not even, like, sourdough, like, Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. Emma at least gives off, like, quirky girl. You know, she's got, like, a whole rack of sweater vests. Only quirky girls do that. Exactly, capital Q. And I mean, like, look, Haley and Kendall are also capital NB Nepo babies. And Emma... Emma is an outsider into this entire game, and I think that makes her the most relatable voyeur for us as an audience, right? Because when you look at Emma's resume or her greatest hits, you can probably assume she's like a categorically working model, you know, magazine Mm -hmm. covers, Met Gala, the Cartier endorsement. But I feel like she's really found a way to carve a path. That's so much more than that. You know, yes, she is an entrepreneur. Yes, she's an influencer. Yes, she is an actually funny content creator. Oh, and I cannot believe I'm forgetting this. She's also a podcaster. I really am realizing as we go through this episode, that Emma Chamberlain, it's like Mr. Beast, where I thought I didn't know this man, and now he's everywhere ever since Kelsey <laughs> came on our show. Yes. But I realized Emma was getting dunked on recently for her podcast, which is, mm. it's called Anything Goes with Emma Chamberlain. And mm-hmm. <laughs> she had this episode in, I think, December, and it was titled Post or It Didn't Happen. Mm-hmm. And basically the summary of it is that she goes to a Harry Styles concert and she notices that everyone around her is recording on their phones the whole time. And she's like, I got a weird feeling in my tummy and people should stop (laughs) taking photos of everything. And like as a fellow IBS girly, Mm. I also understand the weird feeling in your tummy. But also the line of criticism was babes, babes, babes. Babes, you got your money from being an influencer, which is just documenting everything about your life. Is this not a tiny bit hypocritical for, you know, the average person who probably spent a shit ton of money to get their Harry Styles ticket to want to document the experience? And I understand the line of criticism. I don't actually think it's as hypocritical as people are making it out to be, because Mm -hmm. if there's anyone who's going to know the pressure of documenting their entire life, it's probably going to be Emma Mm -hmm. but then on the other side it is fair to say that like her style of content kind of directly impacted the popularity of documenting your entire life so basically I'm kind of mid on this argument I'm neutral I'm I'm Switzerland yeah and I mean I think that's the right place to be because For a celebrity as famous as Emma, this is probably like the tip of her controversy iceberg, which is honestly not that bad. Now, I do kind of want to talk about a moment that is a little bit less happy, maybe the darker side of the Emma Chamberlain fandom, a.k.a. the Chambermaids. (laughs) Not the Chambermaids going dark mode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Look, the Chambermaids did need to take this day off. So basically around mid-2021, so this is right before Emma is hitting the Met Gala red carpet, there are some conversations that arise on her subreddit and TikTok about Emma possibly showing signs of disordered eating. 
Now, in Emma's Cosmopolitan cover all those years ago, she spoke very openly about having an eating disorder earlier in her life. And I think viewers who loved Emma were commenting, but they were coming from a place of concern. I mean, yeah, Road to Hell is paved with good intentions, and I cannot stand this part of the internet that is just, like, obsessed with diagnosing everybody Mm -hmm. with everything without, you know, being a medical provider or their specific medical provider. It's like telling someone they have an eating disorder really is probably not going to help them recover from it. Exactly, exactly. And I kind of just think that if you are a public figure and you are being inundated with these concerns, with these comments, they can just kind of start to feel like accusations and soon it becomes a spiraling cycle. It's body dysmorphia again. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's all these things that Emma has struggled with before and she's talked about it really openly. Yeah, and for your fandom to be like kind of concern trolling does not necessarily feel super great. Mm-hmm. Has she ever addressed any of this? Not really. She's not really directly addressing the topic of disordered eating, but it is a conversation that still pops up on Reddit and TikTok and YouTube to this day. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's a little disappointing, but it's not super surprising in that it feels almost directly attributable to the specific style of content that she makes which is or was at some point like hyper transparent like day in my life type videos like vlogging in particular engenders I think like the strongest of parasocial relationships because the point is to make viewers feel like a part of your life I mean you can't blame Emma for like wanting to pull back from that or even for kind of Sparking that off with being really transparent at the beginning, but it does seem really hard to maintain that level of transparency over the course of a career without it being pretty detrimental to your mental health. I think taking a step back a la Harry and Meghan is important for creators, especially young female creators, because you are barely just figuring out who you are. It is harder to figure out who you want to be, both in public and privately. And if you are a creator, I think you should be asking these questions of like, what parts of yourself are you willing to put out there? You know, are you taking the time to renegotiate those boundaries? Because this is a very volatile space that you not only live in, but you derive an income from. And that is the internet, a place that is so fickle that you can be both the villain and the hero in the same week. Mm -hmm. Things change so fast. How do you protect yourself from that? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, her taking a step back. It, I mean, reminds me of the Kardashians Mm -hmm. in that they rose to fame by detailing everything Mm. from Chloe going to jail, remember that? To Kim being held hostage. But if you watch their show now or look at their feeds or even any interviews they do right now, they are holding everybody at arm's length now. And it's because they can. The path to fame at this point feels like it is to get people invested in your life. And then once they are kind of cordoned off access to it, once you have the clout to do that. That's exactly right. And I am proud of her for taking a step back. You know, she's found a way to carve out this piece of the internet for herself by taking the small pivots of like Kim Kardashian and Casey Neistat. And she has become her own entity. That's why I'm always saying like Emma is the blueprint. Emma is the moment. And the (laughs) only thing that's missing is Emma writing a novel. But I am so willing to bet that that'll be announced the minute this episode is published. (laughs) Watch this space. (laughs) 
All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss the discrete five phases of the Emma Chamberlain arc. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell Emma Chamberlain about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, who is this white woman talking about a mental breakdown and why do I love her? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton with a special thanks to Sierra Spragley-Ricks. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online. Or at the Met Gala. Sorry, wait, there's a siren. Is it going wee-woo-wee-woo? It is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except it's like, whoop! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Woo!